Estás escuchando un mensaje de parte de Vida City Church Houston. Para más información de nuestra iglesia, visita nuestra página de web en vidacch.org. Y ahora con ustedes, el mensaje. You are listening to a message from Vida City Church Houston. For more information about our church, visit our website at vidacch.org. And now with you, today's message. We want to continue our series of The Blessed Life. The Blessed Life. And God wants us to live a life where we can be a blessing. One of the promises that he gave Abraham was that he would not only bless him, but that he would be a blessing. I mentioned uh, when we started this series that a lot of us are in the want to be blessed mode, okay? But we haven't transitioned enough to be able to be a blessing, okay? We're always on the ones to be blessed, but God wants us to be a blessing. So to live that blessed life and to be able to live beyond that blessed life, there is a foundation that we have to understand. And that foundation is called the foundation of ownership. I would like to speak for a few moments using as a subject, who's the owner? Who's the owner? See, you'll never be a good steward of what God has given you if you don't understand who actually is the owner. Because in reality, we're not the owner of anything. Everything that we have, the breath that you breathe, the time that you have, the finances that you have, everything that you've acquired in life, it's only been because God has given it to you. He's given you the health. He's given you the strength. And so in reality, everything belongs to God. He's the owner of it all. And with that said, here's a question. The money that you have in your bank account, who does it belong to? Who does it belong to? Listen, first thing we need to know about who's the owner, the first thing we need to know is that everything It all belongs to God. Everything belongs to God. As a matter of fact, God makes it very clear in Scripture. The Bible says in Psalms 21.4, listen to what it says. The earth is the Lord's. And what? And what? Everything in it. God is making a statement right from the top. He says, the earth is mine and everything in it. Listen to what it says. The world and all what? Its people belong to who? God is saying, I don't care what you think, what you say. It's all mine. It's mine. I made it. It's mine. I created you. You're mine. I gave everything and created the fish. I created the sky. Everything, all of it is mine. And after I made all of you and you multiplied, you're all mine. So God establishes from the very beginning everything belongs to God. Psalms 50 verse 10. Listen to what it says on down. Verse 10 to 12. It says, for all the animals of the forest are 
mine. And I own the cattle on a thousand hills. Everything is God's. He says this. Look, look at verse 11. I know every bird on the mountains and all the animals of the field are. Just in case, I think God's getting back at us. Like, remember when you were small? I mean, I got two little grandkids. And the little one is the one that always says, mine, in mine. He's the one that if little Z has a toy, he'll go grab it from him and say, mine. And I think we were like that when we were kids. So God kind of wanted to go, you understand what it's mine? So let me, let me tell it to you. Everything is mine. The birds on the mountains are mine. The animals in the fields are mine. The animals in the forest are mine. The cattle of a thousand hill, hills, they're mine. And then he says this, verse 12. If I were hungry, I would not tell you. What good is it for me if I was hungry to tell you, God is saying, you don't have anything. It's all mine. He goes, so if I were hungry, I wouldn't tell you. He goes on to say, for all the world is mine and everything, what? And everything in it. The first thing we have to understand, nothing belongs to us. Everything belongs to God. And you've got to get this revelation. You know, you, you, can, you can work for it. You can earn it. Your name can be on the deed of it. But if you're a believer, then you understand that it all belongs to God. Hello, somebody. That's why when God gives you something, that's why when God blesses you with something, we, we should feel honored that God allows us to administrate what's his. And he shares it with you and me. So whenever God asks for something, it shouldn't really bother us. Whenever God asks for something or to give something, it shouldn't really bother us. It's God's. Hello. And we're just administrators of it. It's like if I gave Rick $1,000. I said, here, Rick, here's $1,000. I want you to, to hold on to this for me. And, uh, oh, Rick, go ahead, give $100 to John there. Why should Rick be all upset and mad and throwing a fit? It's not your money. It's mine. Just give him the 100 bucks. I, I thought I gave you 1000 Didn't I give you 1000 right before we came out? No. Oh, okay. Rick is sweating here. You see what I'm saying? It's, it's his. To administer as God leads. God, y'all are quiet here. Y'all like like holding on to your wallet right now. Like y'all are, ah. You know, I remember when Joey, when I remember, no offense, Joe, when Joey was small. <laughs> and I, I bought him and Elazar a happy meal. So they took the happy meal out, they took the french fries out, and I took one french fry out of Joey's french fry bag, and the dude threw a fit. I go, Joey. Look at all the french fries you have there. I only took one. And he's mad. I go, Joey, do you know that I bought that? Do you know I can bury you in french fries, Joe? 
And you know that sometimes that's the way we are with God? Huh? That's the way we are with God. God says, I blessed you with that. I'm only asking you to do that. And you're throwing a fit on that? Do you know that I could bury you so much in coins that you die and never be able to enjoy all the coins I poured on you? Everything belongs to God. So, so if you understand that principle, that God is the owner of everything, I think we would be different in our generosity and in our giving when we are led by God. What if you gave me your money and I started spending it the way I want it to? Huh? You'd probably put a stop to that quick. You know what? I lost my debit card. I got to cut this. Lost my debit card. Call, call the bank. Say you lost it. Every time Pastor Jared goes, runs it, it ain't go. No way. That's my money. I worked for it. He'll go ahead and spend it the way he wants. Who does he think he is? Could that be the way that God sees us? Could it be the way that that's why maybe God is not blessing us the way he would want us to be blessed? If he owns everything. Can he not give you more than what he's asking you to give away or to give or to bless somebody else? Hello, somebody. That's why when God asks us to give, we shouldn't grieve about it because I understand that it all belongs to God. Have you ever wondered why God has blessed you the way he has? And have you ever wondered why God allows you to see somebody else's need? Maybe that extra job, that extra flight, maybe that extra uh, uh, car you fixed at home because you didn't do it at work, at your job. Maybe that, maybe could it be that God is blessing you because he knew that somebody was going to be in a need and they are unfortunate at this time and they can't do it, but you could do it. They can't fix it, but you have a way for them to fix it. Hello. Could it be that that's why God blesses you and gives you sometimes that overtime and you say, wow, all my needs are met. Everything is paid up. I mean, I even got a little extra. Wow, what a blessing. God gave me overtime, and then all of a sudden there's a need of somebody that needs, and you said, wow, I, I mean, hey, maybe God blessed me to be a blessing. Hello? Have you ever wondered that, that sometimes God gives you something extra, not just to bless you, but because you've been such a good steward that God says, I can trust you to bless somebody else, to help somebody else, to spot somebody else when they're in their time of need? When we understand the concept that God is the owner of everything, it shouldn't hurt us when we're led by the Spirit of God to give an offering to help somebody. To say, you know what, I felt from God to give this to the mission field. Or I felt from God to give this to Pastor Rick who's leaving to Cuba. It, it shouldn't hurt us. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be. When we understand that God owns everything. And when we understand that God owns everything, then we understand that even the money that God has given us also belongs to him, and he also blesses us that way so that we could be a blessing. Have you ever asked how I could be a blessing? Or how can I be blessed? How can I be blessed? That's why, again, like I said, if God asks us to give something, we shouldn't grieve over it. God asks us to give something, we shouldn't be upset about it because it all belongs to God. Listen, we have the privilege to administer what belongs to God. He gives it to us, yes, to meet our needs, and just so that 
we can honor God. But listen, one of the things that we need to do is understand this concept. Some of you have this concept already and have already understood what, what we're talking about, that everything belongs to God. Others are still struggling a little bit with that, hmm, and others just ain't got it yet. When you get that concept in your mind that everything belongs to God, you put it in your heart, everything belongs to God, it will change your life drastically in more ways than one. God will bless you beyond you can even understand, imagine, or even dream. Because listen, this is what I'm going to say. God blesses good stewardship. God blesses good stewardship. When was the last time you made a budget? When was the last time you looked at, I, I don't want it to go there either, uh, how much money you spend on fast foods, on pizzas, hamburgers? What, 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 what are you doing to better administrate your finances? Because if you could administrate and put your finances, like where they say your ducks in a row, there is a supernatural, miraculous element that comes and begins to work in your finances because you're wanting to honor God and put everything in order. Where do you spend and why do you spend there? How much do you spend there? Is it important? You know, do you have that budget that keeps you in line? And because you are a good administrator, God then says, I can bless that. If they're honoring me, I can honor them. And I can bless them. I can put things right. Put things. Have you ever made an investment that, that just, you know, you can kick yourself? I'm still kicking myself. You know, that RV that's back there, that's been my worst nightmare. I'm still paying on that. Worst investment I ever made. And when you make those investments like that, sometimes God is, hmm, I wonder if I could really, I, I'm blessing him, but gosh, if, if, if I knew that he's wanting to fix his finances, well, maybe the best thing I need to do is drag it out of there and maybe put a for sale sign. Are, are you with me? Some of you, let me go home with you. Some of you have closets full of clothes that you've not worn since you graduated from high school. It don't fit anymore. Don't even try to get in it. You are not the exception. Hello? You have shoes there. Take your girls in there and tell them, Mom, Mom and, and ask them, would you wear any shoes? Mom, you want, like Joey says, you want me to get beat up? What if you got rid of that stuff and instead of buying more clothes with the money that you're earning, buy more clothes from the money of the garage sale you just had? Hello? Is anybody getting this? Don't you think God would honor that? Hey, he's not a hoarder. She's not a hoarder. She's getting rid of things that he or she don't need. and You don't need one more tool set. You've already bought every gadget that there is. What if you cleaned out 
your garage and got rid of the stuff that just piled up and God says he's being a good steward of that, I can bless because something supernatural will happen when we are, remember, everything belongs to God. And if we're doing it God's way, God has no choice but to honor us and bless us. So we have that blessing to work with God and to be good stewards of what he entrusts us. So, so again, when I get my finances in order and understand the concept that all of this belongs to God and I need to... What about your car? I hit myself all the time too. You know, you buy your car. I want to buy this car. It's the best car. You keep it clean probably for the first two weeks. Hello? And then you got monster drinks there. You got pumpkin seeds on the floor. You have gummy bear wrappers, you know, the package that you buy. Everything starts, oh, yeah, I'm going to clean it. 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 Okay? And people are thinking you're moving out. Oh, no, no, that's just my trash that's in there. I haven't. Hello? So, oh, I can't wait to get a newer car. Why would God give you a newer car? It's going to look like the one you have in a few weeks anyway. So save the money and be happy with what you, hello? Man, tough crowd today. Okay, let's move on to the second one. Maybe the second one's going to get you to smile. So the first thing is that we have to understand that everything what? Belongs to God. Here's the second thing you need to know. Second thing you need to go is that the first belongs to God. The first belongs to God. Not the second, not the third, not the left. The first belongs to God. The Bible says in Exodus 13:2, Consecrate to me every first male. The first offspring of every womb among the Israelites belongs to me, whether human or animal. It belongs to who? The first of everything belongs to God. The first. He's making it clear. Not only does everything belong to me, but I'm going to let you help me administer the, the 90% or part of that, but the first of everything belongs to me. We know that everything belongs to God, but for some reason he wants the first of it. Exodus 23, 19 says, the first of the first fruits. The first of the first fruits, what? Of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. The first, not the second, not the leftover, not, no. The very first that comes out of your first fruits, you need to bring him to the house of the Lord, okay? And this is for those who are hard of hearing. Not, 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 not physically, just spiritually. How many times did God ask us for the first? How much, or how many times did God ask us for the first? He says, give the first of your first fruits. Give me what belongs to me. Listen to what Genesis 4, 3 and 5 says. It's a story of Abel and it's a story of Cain. They're both bringing an offering. But listen, it says, time passed. Time passed. Cain brought an offering to God 
from the produce of his farm. It doesn't say he brought the first fruit of the first fruits. It doesn't say he brought the best. It doesn't say he brought the tenth that God required. It just say time passed and all of a sudden he said, oh, let me just give God an offering. Oh. And what does it say? He says he brought an offering to God from the produce of his farm. He brought an offering. Abel also brought an offering. But listen, but from the firstborn animals. We just read a little while ago that from the fruit of your land, bring the first of the first fruits, right? So that means that Abel, Abel was agriculture. I mean, Cain was agriculture. He farmed. Abel had stock, had cattle, had... So they both have rules according to God. Bible says, from the first fruits, bring me the first of the first fruits. But he also said, consecrate to me the first of every human being that is born, that's male, and of every animal. So time goes by. They both come to give God an offering. Cain, just, hey, just gather some stuff there. Yeah, yeah, the what was left over. Yeah, just grab it. Let's bring God an offering. Abel, on the other hand, from the firstborn animals of his herd, he's obeying what God asked. Number two, it says, choice cuts of meat. He wasn't just giving him the fatty. He was just giving him, you know, the menudo, la panza. He wasn't, no, 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 the choice, the ribeye, the, the filet mignon. The. He says, listen, God liked Abel and his offering, but Cain and his offering did not get his approval. Hello. God wants the first. The first belongs to me. The first of everything belongs to me. And some people say that tithing was under the law because that's kind of what he's saying. Give me the first. Some people argue, well, the tithing was under the law, and we're not under the law. It's true. We're, we're not under the law. We, we, we are believers. But, but listen, do you think that by not being under the law, that means that you can, uh, you can murder? And that's okay because we're not under the law? Does it mean it's okay you could commit adultery because that was in the law, and, and so we're not under the law? You think we could still steal and we can lie and that makes it okay because that, that was given in the law and, and we're not living on the law. And if you think that by doing that, it's not going to affect you in any way, you're mistakenly wrong and you've been deceived and you will pay the consequences of that. So listen to what I'm going to tell you. We're not under the law. That's true. And if you think that by taking what belongs to God will not affect you, you're going to be deceived and also see the consequences of that. Let, let, let me give you something. Look, 2,500 years, listen closely, before the law was given, okay, 2,500 years before the law was given, 2,500 years later, the law was given, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not murder, okay? 
So 2,500 years before the law, Cain murdered Abel. So because it wasn't in the law because it was 2,500 years before, does that mean that it's okay? Because it wasn't in the law yet. Right? Doesn't make it okay. In the same way, the fact that giving tithe because it wasn't in the law, before the law, or after the law doesn't make a difference. Abraham, 500 years before the law was given, he tithed to Melchizedek. Because Abraham understood the principle of giving God the first. That was it. He, gave, he, he understood the principle of giving God the first. Give him. Listen to what, what, what the Bible says in Joshua 7.11. The first belonged to God. Even in the Garden of Eden, there was two trees, the good, uh, uh, bad, and evil, and, and there was another tree of life, and God says, you, you, you can choose from here. You can eat out of any tree. Don't touch this one. That one belongs to me. That's mine. The first, that's mine. When God gives instructions to the people of Israel to go into the promised land, the very first city, that they're going to confront is Jericho. Jericho, nobody has been able to penetrate those thick walls of Jericho. They even laughed at the people of Israel when they came to attack them. And say, I guess they're confused because they're only going around in circles, understanding, not understanding that God had given specific, specific instructions. Every day you'll go around. On the seventh day you'll go seven times, and then you're going to shout, break, you know, these, these jars, et cetera, et cetera, and the walls are going to come down. And they trusted God. They believed God. And that's exactly what happened. So they're all puffed up. They're all going good, you know. And then they go fight this little city called Ahit. And they get whooped. So Joshua's upset. We penetrated the walls of Jericho, what was a big city with all these walls. And we won. We come to some rinky-dinky little city, little town, basically a little village compared to Jericho, and we get whooped. What happened? God had said, don't take anything from Jericho. That's your first city, basically, or your first war. The first, the first uh, gatherings and everything belongs to me. Listen to what God responds to Joshua when he says, why did we get beat by this little town? Joshua 7, 11. Israel has sinned. They have violated my covenant, which I commanded them to keep. They have taken some of the devoted things. They have stolen. Whoa. Why? It belongs to me. I told them the first thing, everything, do not take it. It is holy. It is something holy to me. But if you take it, it will become an abomination to you. And they stole it. That's what it says there. They have stolen. They have lied. They have put them with their own possessions. Have we ever done that with what belongs to God? Stolen? Put it with our own possession? And lied and say, well, you know, I, I gave an offering. I, 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 yeah, I, I, I took an offering. He says, that's the reason you lost. That's the reason you got whooped. Deal with the issue. And they did. They found Achan and his family. They stoned him to death, and the whole curse was gone. Listen to what Malachi 3.8 says. Would anyone rob God? If we look at the natural, we'd say, that's, that's stupid. That's suicide. 
Don't rob against God. If God was here, would you rob? Yeah. No. I'm not going to rob God. We put everything in order. Oh, God's in church. Better wash the car because that's his. I'm just borrowing it. Hello? Don't forget I said everything belongs to God. Better put gas in it. Never know he might take it for a spin. Have that red light all the time. You're stopping all the time. The red light's supposed to be red, you know, yellow, green. Y'all stopping on that red light you got in your car because you ain't got gas in it. If you knew that God, oh, God's, God's coming. God's going to check up on his car today. I guarantee you had the armor all on it. You'd have wax and everything on it because you understand that it belongs to God. Oh, God's coming in, and, and, and uh, uh, you know, this, this, this belongs to God. Hey, better give it to him. God's going to be here. I'm not going to rob God. They said, yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? He said, in tithes and in offerings. First belongs to God. Everything belongs to God. The third thing is that the tithe belongs to God. Everything belongs to God. The first of everything belongs to God. The first of everything belongs to God. And then the 10% belongs to God. The word tithe is a Hebrew word that means tenth. Okay? So when you look at it in Scripture, then it's talking about the first tenth. If I had a thousand dollars, let's put it, break it down. If I had a hundred dollars broken up in ten dollar bills, which one of those ten dollar bills is the tenth? All of them are the tenth. Because they're in tenths, right? But which one of those tenths belongs to God? Which one of those $10 bills out of the ten that I have belong to God? Of course, all of them belong to God. But remember, we're administrators. And God says that the tenth belongs to him, the tithe. So one of those $10 bills belongs to God. Which one? The first one. Remember? Everything belongs to him. The first of everything belongs to him. And then the tenth, which is a tithe, that belongs to him. That would be the first one. You know why? Because it takes faith to give God first. Because our concept is, will I have enough to pay Mr. Visa? Do I have enough to pay Mr. MasterCard? Do I have enough to pay Mr. Uh, uh, what is it? Chase. Mark. Do I have enough to pay um, whatever electric company, just, just energy, uh, center point? Do I have enough? And so a lot of times we want to pay them off first, and then hopefully there's enough to give God what belongs to God. Not even give to God, because you can't give what's not yours. Return to God what belongs to God. But it takes faith to say, no, I'm giving God my first $10 for my 100 because I'm going to believe that by being faithful to God in the first and giving him the first of the first, he's going to use that first to bless the other 90. I have faith that because I honored God first and put him first, 
He's going to give me what I need to pay, oh, Mr. Visa, oh, Mr. MasterCard. He's going to give me the ideas, and I'm going to put my finances in order. God is going to bless me because I am wanting to honor him first. The tithe belongs to God. I'm not giving him the second $10 bill, the fifth $10 bill, or even the last $10 bill I got. The first $10 bill I got, God, it belongs to you, and bless the 90% that you're allowing me to administrate. Let's do this together. So, listen, Leviticus 27, 30, 31, a tenth of the produce of the land, a tenth, the 10% of the produce of the land where the grain or fruit is the Lord's and it is holy. If we could get that concept in our mind, it, it would change a lot of things. That the tenth percent is holy. It belongs to God. It's holy. Anything that is messed with the holy, nothing goes good. Even when the priest had to come into the holy, holy of holies, even God made it plural there or double. That was the holy place and this was the holy of holies. And, he, and, and when they came, even the priest, they had a rope that was tied around them, a long rope, that, 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 and they had bells on the bottom of their of their tunics, of their robes. And so if I was coming into the Holy of Holies, Rick and some of the other guys, Israel and Johnny and John, they would be holding on to that rope I had. Why? They let it loose so that I can come up here because I was going into the Holy of Holies. And if I was wrong and if I was with sin and I wasn't pleasing God and I dared come into the Holy of Holies, the way they knew I was alive is because every time I moved, they could hear the little bells chiming, ding, ding, ding. He's okay. He's doing all right. Ding, ding, ding. Way to go, JR. Ding, 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 ding. Okay, I think you got this, JR. Ding, 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 ding. It's almost like a rodeo. You got eight seconds. Hold on. You got it, JR. You got it. You'll be able to walk out. Ding, 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 ding. Guys, he didn't make it. Let's pull him out. And that's what they would do. They'd pull the dead priest out because he was going into the holy of holies. He says this right here of his tithe. The tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain or fruit, is the Lord's and is holy. And then he says this, if anyone wants to buy back this fruit or grain, he must add fifth of its value. Add another 20%. You want to stay with the tithe? Okay, it's going to cost you 20%. So it's not only the 10%, but you add 25%, uh, 20, uh, 20% to that. Hello? So to get it back, it's 30%. And I don't get it. If you're a mathematician, you'd say, ah, 10%, I'd rather pay 10% than 30%. Hello? But most of us are not good mathematicians because in our credit cards, we're paying 21, 22%. Hello? And so God is saying, the 10th belongs to me. That 10%, and if you touch it, it's holy, and if you want to buy it back, okay, go ahead. Add another 20% to that, and you can get it back. Wow, it's quiet here. Hello. Look at me. Look at me. Not at the person next to you. Look at me. Some of you are going to your spouse. Told you. It's the first 10%. I'm almost done. Come on, musicians. This, this, this room is, is it amen because I'm about done? 
Or is it amen? Amen because of, of what God is teaching us. Okay, here we go. Deuteronomy 26.13. Deuteronomy 26.13. Is it up there? Not yet? Whoa, Joe. Thanks a lot, media. Somebody give Joe a clap hand. He stayed up all night doing this. He almost threw a fit when I told him how many scriptures he had to do up there. So, But no, he's fine. He's doing good. Deuteronomy 26, this is what it says. Then, verse 13, then you shall declare before the Lord your God. This is what you're going to tell God. What? I have given all of my tithes to the Levites, the, the migrants, the orphans, and the widows, just as you commanded me. I have not violated or forgotten any of your rules. Verse 14, I have not touched the tithe while I was ceremonially defiled. It says, for instance, while I was in mourning. I had a need. Light bill came. The mortgage came. But I did what I had to do, but I didn't touch the tithe is what it's saying. I didn't touch it. Because I already gave it or returned it. Remember, you can't give what's not yours. So I already returned it. So, so I didn't do that. And it goes on. Nor have I offered any of it to the dead. I have obeyed the Lord my God and have done everything you commanded me. Verse 15. After you are faithful with God in that, then you can say, verse 15. Look down from your holy home in heaven. And bless your people and the land you have given us as you promised our ancestors. Make it a land flowing with milk and honey. You have the right to tell that to God. God says, you bring me the tide that will open the windows of heaven. I will pour out a blessing that you can't contain. I will rebuke the devourer for you. So when you're aligned with God and you align and fix your finances and understand that he owns everything but he's entrusting you to administrate it, God then allows for you to put everything the way it should be according to his word and then you're able to say, God, I did it. I didn't touch it. I could have. I wanted to. I really, really wanted that purse. I really, really wanted that, those pants. I really, really wanted that tool set. But I know it belongs to you and it's holy. I've honored you in everything that you've asked me to. So can you now open the windows of heaven? Can you now, now uh, 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 begin to promise or fulfill the promise that you gave our ancestors and can you now make it a land flowing with milk and honey tithe belongs to the Lord and it's not something from the law we've already talked about that I close with this Matthew 23 23 Jesus is talking to the Pharisees we're in the New Testament just in case those of you are living in the old this is the new testament for those of you that are living in the new oh we're under grace yeah we are and this is found in the time of grace what sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and the pharisees hypocrites you're teaching the law that's fine but listen but you're a hypocrite for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest 
income from your herb gardens. But you ignore the more important aspects of the law, which is justice, mercy, and faith. Read the last line. It says what? Yes. It says, you should tithe. Yes. If I ask you, should you tithe? Yes. Who said that? Jesus. Come on, people. Should you tithe? Yes. Who said that? And he says, but do not neglect the more important things. Do not neglect justice. Do not neglect mercy. Do not neglect faith. And that's what, through your tithe and offerings, this church has done. We do help widows. We do help the unfortunate. We do try to help the families that cannot have backpacks for their kids. We do try to offer as much as we can to our community and lend out our facilities. That can only happen because, yes, we do tithe. And we're not neglecting the rest. 